And she said, I'm hungry. Can you welcome them quickly? So I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. But I want you guys to understand this is, this is a very important message. We're starting a series this morning called Welcome. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this idea of being the church that God is calling us to be, to being the place that he has created within this community. It's one of those messages that I would prefer to sugarcoat everything. It'd be a lot easier. I'd love for everybody to walk out of here feeling just real bubbly and happy and good about who they are and how they've been doing things and and what's going on. That would sure be easier on me. And you would probably enjoy it a little bit more. But here's the truth. The truth is I think God has a challenge for us this morning. A challenge that calls us to be a little more real, a little more vulnerable about who we are as individuals and who we are as a church You see, if if you're our guest this morning, if you're visiting with us here at Greenville Oaks or you're fairly new to Greenville Oaks, I want you to know we truly are glad that you're here. And I hope that God has has brought you here to to continue you on a journey with him in finding whatever it is that he is calling you to. But this morning, we have some family business we need to take care of, specifically about the people who have committed to being a part of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ and being the church that God is calling us to be As Keith said, a a church that's about loving God, loving people, and serving others. But in having this message this morning, it's going to hurt a little bit. So I'll go first. I'm going to ask for your forgiveness. I'm going to tell you I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I have not been the open, inviting welcoming, loving, accepting leader that I need to be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I walked past you in the halls and and maybe just kind of nodded or smiled and kept going because I was having to get to some place that at the time seemed really important. I'm sorry if my work distractions, especially on a Sunday morning, seem to be more important than you. I'm sorry if I was engaged in a conversation with some friends and I saw you out of the corner of my eye sitting there or standing there by yourself and I didn't walk over because it was just easier to stay in that conversation. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't think I am. This is where the whole sugarcoating thing comes in. It'd be easier for me to just kind of take one for the team and say, I am the lone person in this church who does that. And the rest of you are great. But the reality is, I think we all struggle with it. Here's the danger in overgeneralizations. Does every single person sitting in this room struggle with what I just shared? No. But do more of us struggle with it than we would like to admit? Yeah. Because, see, here's the thing. The frustration that I have with myself is that 
I view that job, that task, that thing that I'm doing as being more important at the time than the person. And the reality is it is not. I'm sorry that I saw it as more important than you because the reality is it's not. You are more important than it. Why? You are more important than it because you are more important to him than anything else in the world. And I am more important to him than anything else in the world. We are more important to him the one who created his church than anything else in the world, and yet we often ignore what he values most of all. One another. So, we got through the first part. I just want to challenge us over the next few minutes to open our minds and our hearts to hearing what God has to say as we search to become the church that he is truly calling us to be. And what exactly that means. Because it's important, it's very important that we are what God has called us to be as a community of faith because it's his church that he has given us responsibility to oversee and to lead here on this earth. And my biggest struggle is this. We are not what we want to be because we are confused about what we think we really are. And so we got to get that sorted out first. You see, we think that we are a very loving, wonderful, accepting, inviting church. And at moments and at times we are. But the reality is, over the course of every day and every week and every month and the year, church, we're not. What we think in our minds and what actually happens in reality are two different things. You see, this is not just a general church kind of problem. This starts with the leadership. This is something all of us have to commit ourselves to. The ministry staff of this church has to commit itself to being what God is calling us to be. The elders of this church have to commit themselves to being what God is calling them to be. The Connecting Point group leaders and the Bible class teachers, every one of us has to commit ourselves to being what God wants us to be if we are going to be the entire body of Christ in church here at Greenville Oaks that he's calling us to be. I'm not a uh, church growth expert, but I do have three thoughts about the types of churches that we have today. I think there's three basic types of churches in this country. The first is the daycare church. The daycare daycare church is a wonderful, cool, fun place with all kinds of really neat things going on. And you walk in the door and man, you're just in awe of all the fun that's going on. There's excitement and there's energy and there's, there's interaction. There's games But the reality is people don't stay at daycare church very long. People move on. Because daycare church is mostly concerned with just kind of the moment in a small period of time. Their focus is not the long term. The other one is the nursing home church. The nursing home church, it's simple. It's sweet. It's nice. It's loving. Its primary purpose is to meet the needs of those that are there. 
to make sure that they are comfortable and safe and secure as long as their journey is going on. That's the nursing home church. The third one is the hospital church. The hospital church is a church where people come who are broken, who are hurt, who are in desperate need of help, who are ill and sick. And the doors are always open, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It does not close. The hospital church is concerned about those who walk in their doors looking for something, taking care of them, loving them, and helping them be healed, and then sending them back out on their way. The hospital church is where both life and death can happen and coexist together in a beautiful way. The hospital church is where hope and healing and help is at every corner, in every hallway, in every room. I don't know what church you want to be. I know the one I want to be. And I know the one that our elders, our leaders of this church want to be. We want to be a lot more like that hospital church. Because we believe that's the way God is leading us. But more importantly, we believe that is the type of church that Jesus Christ stood up and said, on this rock, I'm going to build it. That that's the kind of church he had in mind a couple thousand years ago. Will we be that church? How do we go about being that church? Because the reality is this, we can identify what we want to be, but if we're not committed to actually being that, then we're going to keep getting the same old thing and the same old results. I love the way Mr. Curry Mavis wrote it in regards to church. He said this, like people, local churches are sometimes introvertive, following the introvertive pattern in human personality. These churches turn their interest and their energies inwardly upon themselves. They are concerned primarily with their own affairs. Sometimes they devote most of their attention to spiritual introspection, which results in a neglect of spiritual expression to others within their communities of faith. Church, I want to be honest with you for a minute when I think we struggle with this here. We struggle with being more concerned about ourselves and our own wants and our own needs and what's going on in our own lives than we do those that are coming through our doors and those that live outside in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our jobs, and what their wants and what their needs are. That's the problem. This isn't a modern-day era kind of problem. What Mr. Mavis wrote, he wrote in 1957, almost 60 years ago in regards to churches in this country. Churches have been battling this for years, for decades, for generations, for centuries. Searching to be the church that God is calling us to be. So what are we going to do about it? But we can start a brand new guest services ministry. We can send out a bunch of emails and flyers and promotion and recruit a bunch of new volunteers and drag them in, kicking and screaming to stand at doors and to add more numbers to people and, uh, and tell them to smile and be happy. We can build a new welcome center. We can print out new promotional pieces that really look cool and engaging. We can teach classes on how to be more friendly and inviting to people. We can do all kinds of cool stuff. Or we can read Romans 15 and see what God has to say about it. 
We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, accepting one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. So we could do all that stuff, or we could actually read God's word, believe what it says, and live it out in our daily life. You can choose. Because here's, here's the reality. I can stand up here for 30 more minutes and talk to you about And I know my daughter doesn't want me to do that, so I won't. But I can stand up here and tell you all this stuff that you could be doing. But the reality is this. All we really need to do is grab a hold of an understanding of the open arms of our God. The creator of the universe, the savior of mankind, God himself, who said, I love you. I invite you, I accept you just as you are. Amidst all your craziness, amidst all your ridiculousness, amidst all the wrong and imperfection and sin in your life, and I love you, welcome. Welcome to me. You see, church, that's, that's what it means to be a welcoming church. Welcoming to his church. Now please hear me saying, are there some things organizationally that we could do better as a community of faith? Yes. In fact, in a couple of weeks, Keith's going to be sharing about some of those things that we need to be doing a better job of. And we're going to be helping try to facilitate some of that. But let me say this. I don't care how great the programs are. I don't care how fabulous the materials are. I don't care how greatly organized the plan is. If we don't understand that it's not a hand thing. Okay, this isn't about shaking hands. This is a heart thing. That if we don't recognize the fact that this is a heart thing and not a hand thing, that we're going to fail miserably at being the church that God has called us to be to those who walk through our doors looking for him and those who are out in our community desperately searching for him. Church, we have been given an unbelievable gift of a welcoming God who has, with his arms wide open, invited us in and accepted us just as we are. And has said, you are mine. You're one of us. I'm glad you're here. If we will grab a hold of that kind of welcoming spirit, we won't need to organize anything. Because out of that overflow of our gratitude, our appreciation, our acknowledgement of who God is and what he has done in accepting us as we are, we won't be able to help ourselves. We'll be searching for people to welcome and invite in and to love and accept. See, here's the thing. I would love, I would love nothing more than for us to start fighting over guests who walk in our church 
In the name of Jesus Christ, of course. But I want us to start fighting over people that walk in our doors. If we got people fighting to be ushers in, in the foyers, that people are fighting over to hand out things to new people, that people are desperately trying to race to doors to be the first one to welcome people in, what if we were that kind of church, that we had a race to see how many people could get uh, an invitation into their hands to be a part of their connecting point group? Church, I would love nothing more than to have phone calls from guests in my office that said, I had 15 invitations to be a part of a connecting point group. I don't even know where to start. I want that problem. Give it to me. I don't have that problem today. Being a welcoming, open, inviting, and accepting church. It's not a hand thing. It's a heart thing. This is not an issue with programs. This is a spiritual thing. We can change the culture. We can move to be what God is calling us to be as a community of faith. But are you willing to do it? I mean, seriously, are you willing to do it? Can you look up here and say, yeah, I'm in, Matt. I'm in. I'm going to do everything I can to be better at being what I think God is calling me to be as a leader. Our leaders are going to commit themselves to being what they need to be to lead this church. Will you commit yourself? And I don't mean give me the old head nod or the whisper amen. I mean, will you commit in your heart to recognizing the beautiful gift of the welcoming God who has invited you and accepted you and loved you just as you are? And will you turn around and you share that same spirit with somebody else? I love the picture that's painted for us in Acts chapter 2. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. It says everyone was filled with all the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were saved. Here's the thing. That was a different looking church than we have today. I'm not trying to say we need to be what they were 2,000 years ago. But what jumps out of these ancient words from this book is a passion, is an excitement isn't an energy that says, I love being here and I love being with you and I want you to come be with me. And you know where that energy comes from? That passion, that excitement comes from the fact they got it. The early Christians got the beautiful act of God's acceptance. They got the fact that God loved them and welcomed them and invited them in and accepted them just as they were and they couldn't help themselves. They had to share it with one another. I'm pretty sure they didn't have a greeting ministry or ushers or programs back then. But they found a way to, with arms wide open, accept and welcome one another. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. I love that picture. I want us to have that. I want us to be the church that is known as the place that when you come here, 
you can't help but be loved. You can't help but be accepted. You can't help but be invited and welcomed in. You can't find a door to come in and out of without somebody loving you and welcoming you. How awesome would it be to be known as that church? Because that's the church I believe God is calling us to be. The reality is this. People are coming to this place. If you look around this room, there's guests sitting here this morning for the first time that have walked in our doors. Greenville Oaks, people are going to come to this place. The question is this. Will they stay? And what part are we going to play in them staying or having to move on? Are we going to be the church that God has called us to be? May we commit ourselves to living lives that welcome all because we serve a God who welcomes all. Pray with me, please. Father God, we thank you so much for your love, for your grace, and your mercy. And God, I confess to you that, uh, <laughs> that I allow the busyness of life and the stuff to get in the way of the people. And God, I'm sorry. And I ask that you to help me. I ask you to help all of us to be the church that you are calling us to be. God, that that we be a church where people come and they feel loved, that they feel accepted, that they feel invited and welcomed to be a part of this place because it's not our church, it's yours. And God, I pray that we will fully understand what that means. And I pray that out of an overflow of our understanding of the fact that with your arms wide open, you have truly loved us, you have invited us, and you have accepted us because you are an amazingly welcoming God. And with that, we will be your church, the church that you're calling us to be. And it is because of the one who made it all possible, your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Church, will you pray with me for a few minutes? Thank you. Father, it was good to be here today. I thank you for each and every one here. I thank you.